0: The
1: best, thing, the best thing we could have is everybody have enough income to actually go buy their own food from the store or from the farmer or wherever. Uh, mm-hmm. That would be the best thing. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's
2: the voice of Laurie Saint, the coordinator of a food assistance program called Gleaning in the city of Peterborough. You're listening to The Hand That Feeds You, a series about food insecurity in Peterborough, Ontario, why it's so prominent, and what's being done to change that. In this episode, we'll talk with members of the community that are taking a different approach to closing that gap between hunger and food security. Sure, food banks play their part in feeding those that are struggling, but what else can we be doing? What other resources should we be providing these people with? Keep listening to find out more. I found out about the gleaning program from the food calendar on Peterborough.ca, it highlights anything going on in and around the city that might help someone that's food insecure. This particular program allows those that need it to board a bus and travel to a nearby farm, where they pick their own produce and take it home with them, free of charge.
1: There are a, a great number of people that do not go to food bank, though mm-hmm. they are still food insecure. right? Yes. And yes. they look at this slightly differently. The the other thing is it's more of a hand up than it is a hand out.
2: That right there is the phrase that got me. A hand up, not a hand out. You see, there's a stigma surrounding food banks here in Peterborough, and I'm sure many other places. I work to earn money to put food on my table, so why shouldn't everyone else? People see other people collecting any form of social assistance and assume they're lazy or lying in order to make a so-called living. There's so much wrong with that way of thinking, but that's a whole other episode. Lori says that the gleaning program allows people to be able to eat, but they're still required to work for it.
1: Because you're you're picking it, and you have to figure out how to prep it, and, and all of that, um... It's good for people to actually learn where their food is coming from. So most people who pick actually are not just picking for themselves. They're usually picking for maybe three other families when they're picking. So it it it's good that way because someone can pick and they can give it to their neighbor or whoever. They're, maybe they're even their relative.
2: Those participating in the gleaning program also picked to supply local shelters and food banks with fresh produce. This podcast is about food insecurity, but we haven't really covered exactly what that is. I mean, sure, you might know the definition of the term, uh, the state of being without reliable access to a sufficient quantity of affordable, nutritious food. But what does that feel like? I know I've been hungry before, and when I am, my stomach usually hurts. I kind of get a little hangry, and I always find it hard to focus, because all I can think about is when I'm going to eat. But that's the thing, it's always a matter of when I can eat, never if. Whether or not you're going to eat might be a very common question for someone in Peterborough, especially for a kid. In a 2018 report done by Peterborough Public Health, they wrote that one in three households raising children in Peterborough is challenged to pay their rent and buy healthy food that's essential for the healthy growth and development of children. Seven years ago, a local mother and teacher at Armour Heights Elementary School in Peterborough was seeing the effects of food insecurity daily. Kids just can't function the way they should when they're not nourished.
0: During the week, they often would utilize the school supplies or the lunch program or the breakfast program at school, and they would eat during the week.
2: But when school lets out on Friday afternoon, those resources are gone.
0: Our kiddos were coming to school very hungry on Mondays after not having much to eat on the weekend, and we all know that we can't function very properly if we're starving.
2: Elementary school kids are anywhere from four years old to 13 years old. Most of them really aren't capable of going to a food bank on their own. Enter kitchen kit bags. Through fundraising and hard work, Karen puts together bags of food for the kids that need it that will bridge the gap from when the bell rings on Friday to when they get back to school on Monday.
0: So first of all, I would buy new bags because I don't want anyone to have an old used bag, even though it's just a grocery bag. But just the thought of of somebody thinking, oh, great, I've got somebody's old recycled bag, uh, didn't appeal to me. So it's always a fresh bag and their food goes into it.
2: They also try to include food that the child can
0: prepare on their own. Because we also are aware that some of our families who don't have enough to eat, the food isn't the priority at their house.
2: Programs like cleaning and kitchen kit bags are popping up all over the city. I spoke with city councillor Keith Riel, who's the chair of the social services sector, about city-funded options that are available to people struggling. Keith told me about a partnership with Peterborough Greenup, a non-profit focused on climate action, environmental education and community resilience.
3: We want to promote uh, people who want to garden, certainly people on low income that can put a little small garden in. We're more than happy to help them in some way, you know, uh, either educating them on the best practices or maybe even providing some of the necessities they need to get started gardening.
2: All of these programs that we've looked at so far are working. They're doing a great job of providing people with food, but why are alternatives to food banks so important? Keith mentioned that pride might get in the way of a lot of people coming to food banks, especially those coming for the first time due to COVID-19.
3: It's not a great thing, when you have to line up and look for food and stuff like this here, but people you know, like I said, you know, I think you used the word pride. I mean, people have to get over that. That there's, a, they have a necessity. I don't know how else to do it. I, of how we would um, deal with this cohort of people that, you know, what's the first time users um, that maybe um, uh, maybe pride stands in the way of them coming. There's an absolute need for them to come and get the bare necessity. So uh, we're struggling a bit. We're trying to find a way. I mean, um, they're no different than anybody else. I mean, we're not trying to make them special cases, but uh, how, will we will, um, uh, how will we facilitate getting the needs to these people, too? Because um, you say pride's a terrible, you know, pride can be a different thing. You, you know, you've got to swallow your pride sometime and say, geez, you know, I'm, unfortunately, I have to go there. I have to, I have to provide for myself or my family. So...
2: I'm Angela Grady and thanks for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll hear more from Councillor Keith Riel for our final episode, The Bigger Picture Surrounding Food Insecurity in Peterborough, Ontario.